Hey. <laughs> uh, welcome to the Soul Flow Studios Music Hour. Uh, I've been off for a couple weeks for for no good reason, um, except that I've been kind of thinking of a of a way to reformat the show, kind of because uh, I was feeling like I wasn't doing it uh, the way I really wanted to. So there's a little bit of a change here. And uh, I'm really excited about it because it incorporates a really good friend of mine. Uh, Mike Hollis is going to be with me now, uh, helping me engineer and mix and, and uh, co-hosting. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, the first episode this that I've got Mike on now is uh, Amy Madeline. But yeah, say what's up, Mike. Lord knows I don't need another excuse to talk, but I'm glad that you gave me one, Jeremy. So. <laughs> Thank you for welcoming me on here with open arms, and I hope you enjoy my tasty ramblings. (laughs) Yeah, so Mike and I are good friends. Uh, If you caught a couple weeks ago, um, he was on the podcast actually uh, doing his solo stuff. I performed a song with him, a song or two uh, on the podcast. I can't remember exactly. Two. I'll have to go back and listen to it. It's like (laughs) everybody else. Um, so yeah, Mike's a musician. Uh, I look at him as a accomplished musician, having his music performed, um, by people that really appreciate what he does. And, uh, I think that's an accomplishment. Uh, you know, that's, so to me, it's an honor to have you just in that capacity. Oh, shucks. I'm blushing over here. (laughs) Anyway. So, uh, yeah, this episode features Amy Madeline. And uh, she's really awesome. Ah, so good. Mike so set good. set this one up for us. Um, and uh, but I I know her, and I'm really I was really happy to have her on. Once Mike mentioned her, and I had already been thinking about it, I was like, yeah, absolutely, let's do it. So, um, before we go into that though, I wanted to mention what you're hearing right now is my band Root Combine, and Whoop. we're actually releasing. Our EP this week, uh, Friday. What's the date? Um, so bad with days. Yeah. <laughs> it's the 24th now. So Friday, I gotta go into my calendar. Hold on. The th- uh, the 20th? No. The 27th. Holy crap. Okay. So this Friday, the 27th, my band Rue Combines performing in Wappingers Falls. Um, and we'll be releasing our EP for everybody to come by. Hopefully we sell out of all of them on Friday. That would be really awesome. So Heritage out. Food and Drink. Yeah, Heritage Food and Drink in Wappingers. That's Wappingers, New York for all of you people that aren't from New York and know what the hell we're talking about. Um, Most people that live in New York don't even know what where Wappingers Falls is. Yeah, if you don't really know, New York is huge. It's it's a really big state, and even where we live in the Hudson Valley uh, would be considered by some to be upstate. But to us, there's still a lot of upstate beyond where we live. Um, it takes about like six hours to get to the Canadian border in New York from where we are. About like six hours to get to Buffalo, 
or even more than that. It's like six. Oh, it's about that. Yeah. Well, it's like six hours or no, it's about five hours to get to like Rochester or Syracuse. Yeah. So Buffalo is only an hour away from mm-hmm. Rochester. Yeah. Wow. It is. That's crazy. That's why they actually, um, they fraternize, frat, fraternize, frat, fraternize, 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 fraternizing. My tongue has gotten heavy. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, that mic, you you pointed at your mouth the other way. (laughs) That's what. Yeah, like that. (laughs) Perfect, bazing. So yeah, Amy Madeline is this awesome singer songwriter, um, and you'll hear in the podcast she's originally from New Jersey, but she uh, now lives in Hudson Valley. Thankfully to us, because we get to be part of the community that she's involved in. And Mike talked about how she's uh, kind of facilitating a lot of house shows and putting more shows together. And the last time I played at BSP, she was there with Mike Amari, um, stage managing, kind of like taking on that role, which is really cool. So she's really active in our community and um, in our musical community. And she's got a great voice. She's a great musician. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Thank you so much for hanging on and listening. I know there's people now all over the world listening, which is pretty awesome. Uh, so keep it up. I really appreciate everything. I appreciate you listening and and uh, checking out the the music that my community has to offer. You know, there's there's so many musicians here so many good musicians and that are just really good people and one of my biggest issues with this area is that i mean it's not even an issue it's the wrong word but it's it's mainly that like um there's so much good music that rarely ever leaves here which i feel like you know it it needs to be shared so that's part of what i'm doing here um trying to get this music out there and kind of take a snapshot of this point in time uh, while I can so mm-hmm. alright well here goes Amy Madeline check it out she's really awesome uh, this is the interview and her performing at the end thanks a lot alright well here we are SoFlo Studios with Amy Madeline and uh, first of all I just wanted to say this is Coming back from like a three-week break, I'm really excited to have you and uh, to hear your music and to learn about you some more. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. This is awesome. Totally. Yeah. Um, so where are you at now? Like where where are you located? Located. Okay, that's, that's easy to answer. <laughs> um, I am living in Rosendale, so that's where I'm based out of, I guess. Cool. Rosendale, New York. Yes, New York. Which is between New Paltz, where I live, and and Kingston, I Mm -hmm. guess, or for people that don't know, uh, south of Woodstock, the famous Woodstock. Yes. In that area. It's a bunch of towns close together. Yeah. How long have you lived in Rosendale for? Rosendale, I've lived there for, I guess, three years now. Cool. But maybe like four altogether, because I lived there for a year in uh, 2015 then I did a long road trip went to New Paltz and then went back to Rosendale 
Cool, cool. So, yeah. Nice. So, um, I know you play guitar and ukulele, but do you play any other instruments like piano or anything like that? Um, I took piano lessons as a kid, so I don't, I just like play for fun here and there. Um, and I grew up playing violin. I actually just joined the orchestra. Um, and it's been like seven years since I've, I think seven, I counted the other day since I've been in an orchestra. Um, so that was really terrifying, but it feels really good. Wait, you just joined an orchestra like recently? Mm-hmm. What, um, what orchestra? yesterday was my first day. <laughs> oh, wow. So like literally you just joined. Yeah. I play violin. Cool. Um, oh, that's right. Cause you also play violin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that through Sierra. You guys right. were on tour together. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Um, and how long, so what's your musical experience? Like how long have you been playing in general? Um, I guess it started with violin in third grade. You have to like pick an instrument. Mm-hmm. So I picked violin and it was literally in like an old janitor's closet in my elementary school. I had like a really aggressive, scary teacher, um, but I kept doing it and I did it all through middle school and high school, I got even more involved. And then I think also in high school is when I picked up my dad's guitar, I taught myself. I still don't know how guitar works really, but I know enough <laughs> chords. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, That's then... bullshit. You know how <laughs> I forgot to mention that Mike Hollis is now joining me in the studio, but you would have heard that on the intro. Here so. to call me on my shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, so, and you're singing. I mean, you've got a great mm-hmm. singing voice. Have you just been singing since you were like a kid? Uh, I I don't have, well, I have like one memory of singing, but I think it's just from like when you get like a sugar high. I was like five years old and I would get up on the chair at like holiday dinners and sing opera to my family. Oh, there you go. But I don't have any like background in singing. I did chorus like once in high school. Uh-huh. Um, I just started doing it for myself and cool. I would like record and listen back. I listened to a lot of Beatles. So I feel like that kind of shaped and like helped me learn harmonies yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Nice. And when, uh, oh, sorry, where did you grow up? Like where, where are you from? I'm from Jersey originally. Okay. Yeah. Cool. What part of Jersey? Uh, Edison. It's like kind of central-ish. Okay, I was going to say north-south. It's close center. to New Brunswick. I feel like people know like Rutgers and yeah, okay. like the Meat Locker DIY do you, venue. <laughs> do you know Kaylee from growing up? Um, Sort of. I actually, I went to high school with her brother, with Colin. Oh, okay. Cool. Um, And I actually met Kaylee, I think when she was maybe like 12 or something. I don't even know if she remembers me. Yeah. But then we reconnected because we, we knew of each other, so... Yeah. Yeah, we were just talking about another local musician who I knew was from that area, I thought. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, Kaylee Rocker, she's more from South Jersey, though, right? No. So I was born in Edison, but then I moved to Basking Ridge. Um, and I don't know if she was born there, but that's like where her family was from, and that's the high school we went to. Okay. Yeah. I guess when she's always explained it to me, she was, I guess she just said Southern Jersey, but I, she was my housemate here for a while. Yeah, yeah. 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 I okay. remember. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Cool. So are so, you a Bruce Springsteen fan? Um, <laughs> By default? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I never really was. And then I have friends who, like, ask that in reference to Jersey. <laughs> and then I, I don't know, I just started to appreciate him, like, through other people more. But mm. I, I don't really, like, go to him. But I appreciate him. He's a cool guy. Good songs. Yeah. <laughs> through the years of playing music and seeing music and listening to 
different artists and all that stuff, have you kind of like developed a sort of like overall message or idea that you try to convey in your own music that you write? Um, it's funny because I've actually been thinking about this recently a lot, um, just in having to kind of like promote yourself or like write bios and things like that. And then seeing how people are, um, like promoting their own music with a very like intentional like message or a story. Mm -hmm. And I don't really know if I have that. I feel like I'm paying more attention to, um, my songs come from what I've gathered of myself so far is that it comes from like my studying Buddhism. So I take a lot from Dharma and just those teachings. It just helps me kind of like understand or like give, gives language to what I already feel and see. So there's that and like the wisdom in that and then nature, like just spending time in nature and like taking things that I see from nature is like metaphors and stuff. And then just like personal relationships. Yeah. So that's kind of like my recipe. Cool. But I don't really have, I don't know, maybe I just haven't, like, figured out how to say it yet. But mm -hmm. it's some combination of, like, combining nature, interpersonal relationships, and then, like, kind of just seeking some kind of insight from that and my personal experiences and maybe something, like, bigger for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, but it's pretty, like, organic and intuitive. And I often, like, will listen to my songs and listen back and be like, oh, maybe that's a message in that. So I don't really always know when I'm making it. Mm -hmm. It's more in like listening back. And then again, also like, um, I don't know. It's whatever people hear out of it too. Yeah. yeah that's so, cool. So yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I didn't know. That's one thing I didn't know about yeah. you is that you <laughs> studied Buddhism. How yeah. did that come about? Um, I think it's kind of like a long journey, but um, my sister got me really into spirituality when she was doing a lot of searching and exploring. And then I started a meditation club, um, when I was in college and then I was going through a breakup and kind of stressed out. So I handed it to my friend and he was like, Hey, I don't know if you're interested, but I'm planning a trip to this center, um, in Rosendale oh, cool. called Sky Lake. And it's a, like a westernized Buddhist center. And so I ended up going and really, like, getting into that, like, hardcore, <laughs> meditating nice. a lot, doing a lot of retreats. I ended up working there, eventually lived there, so. Cool. Yeah. And kind of pursuing your own songwriting developed through that, right, or after that? Not through that, excuse me, I don't mean to. Um, or was it something that you had done before that? I started writing my own songs in high school. Mm -hmm. Um, but just kind of like for myself. And I think that really, that started with, um, like my English class and going to a poetry festival. So I started writing poetry and then, uh, turned it into songs, but studying Buddhism, I think influenced the songs that I decided to share or like felt mm -hmm. better about. Um, yeah, I think it has something to do with just helping me like find language for things. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have a lot of songs that you don't share? I mean, do you, is there some discretion you use to know? Um, or some method you use to know which songs you feel like speak more to people or more just for yourself? I don't really have a lot. Like, I, I'm not, like, writing songs all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, I know there's a lot of people that just have, like, hundreds of songs and only put a few out. But um, I have, like... 
I think most of my songs that I have are out, and then there's maybe just a few that I've kept back, and it's really just based on feeling. It's like mood. It's like yeah, if this yeah. feels like, um, I don't know, just like special to me <laughs> in a way. Or it's like, it has to be like moving, I think. Mm-hmm. And maybe that'll change, but so far that's kind of been like my discernment around that. Cool. Yeah. So you... Did you go to college in New Paltz? I did. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So that brought you here. Yes. To the Hudson Valley. And I can't get out. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is there's like a magnetism with with, mm-hmm. and and once you live here and you start to discover like all the musicians that have been through here and I mean the history going way 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 back mm-hmm. to uh, the local even New Paltz. Um, like I learned, uh, I had CFR in here. Uh, which I haven't put there. You know CFR? I don't think so. Who's that? They're a band that's been around for like almost 20 years now. But what does that stand my, for? My, it's, it stands for Cold Flavor Repair, oh. which was a random name that was generated by this guy who just was like the drummer of the band. Um, I'm totally spacing on his name. Brad. I can't remember his last name. Um, Noel. No, not Brad Noel. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're messing me up, man. Uh, Brad Moore. I don't want to. I don't want to mess up his last name. So anyway, the drummer of, of CFR came up with the band name. But my good friend Dave Chapman. I don't know mm-hmm. if you know Dave. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Same so like... he's he plays guitar in that band. Okay. And MK yep. MK Ultra. She sings with them. Oh, cool. So they were in here a few weeks ago, and they had mentioned to me that like. Um, the Who played on the field, like in the back of SUNY New Paltz. Oh, that's awesome. Before Woodstock. Nice. And so anyway. It's got that's some roots. All, yeah, there's mm-hmm. some serious Hudson Valley roots just as far as like even further back. But I mean, um, you know, uh, Bob Dylan living in Woodstock. Right. The band. David Bowie like spent a lot of time yeah, there too. David Bowie lived here for a while up th- until I his think, death. I think one of the most memorable shows from those tripping shows con tripping shows tripping, tripping fields field, concerts yeah. probably tripping shows as well um <laughs> i've heard a lot about uh the pretenders oh, cool. playing yeah. there nice. um and it must have been a really good show because i've heard about it from so many different people nice that were like older but around so i didn't even know that yeah pretenders and i want to see the dead too cool grateful dead robert hunter rest in peace yeah mm-hmm. and um Todd Rundgren opening Utopia Sound Studios right next or Soundstage right next to Bearsville. I mean, so yeah. Woodstock, the Hudson Valley, New Paltz. I mean, there's a lot of uh, famous actors and people, artists that have graduated New Paltz. So anyway, mm-hmm. that's, I'm just speaking to the magnetism of oh, this yeah, place. You totally. know, it's like sometimes I'm like, why am I even here? But yeah, there's <laughs> just that pull. Then I just drink some water and I realize, like, oh yeah, that's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Really good water here. Yeah, yeah. Well, they say the Wallkill River is cursed, and if you swim in it or go in it, which you shouldn't because it's pretty dirty, but um, and cursed. They say it's cursed. <laughs> it's like if you swim in the water, you're just gonna you're like you stuck stay here. here. Yeah, yeah. I've I think that. at least forty percent of my health issues are from, <laughs> from swimming that river. in the Wallkill. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. <laughs> Maybe forty three. So yeah, with that in mind, um, does that play into your like everyday? process of like um i don't want to say just songwriting but i mean like i don't know i feel like we go through our daily lives like with this kind of uh um fatigue 
Well, no. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. You're finishing that's, all my sentences with the wrong words. Fatigue, but no. Uh, uh, what's the word I'm trying to find? It's like your persona or your, you know, your your own uh, your self image. You know, what um, you mean like the Buddhist stuff or no, or the like Hudson the, Valley. Yeah, the Hudson Valley. Oh like yeah, the thing um, that keeps you here, that's drawing you here, or or even being known as a creator that's from the Hudson Valley, or you know, like is that, that part of, of my identity that informs? Yeah, identity. That's yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. so. I think it's become that because I feel like I'm at a point right now in my life and with music too, where I'm kind of like settling. Um, and I've been jumping around for a while. So like I went to college, then I went to, um, Colorado and then I came back and mm-hmm. then I did like a three month road trip and then I came back. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I've just been like traveling a lot and coming back <laughs> and now I feel like I'm here and it's always, I think it's always been part of my identity. Just, it feels like home and it really feels just like a big network of artists. It's just like a big colony of like different kinds of artists here. Yeah. Um, and yeah, all my values, like the spirituality, the, um, nature and just sense of community. I feel like everyone else here shares most of that too. So I think now it's definitely like, I'm like letting it be more of my identity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like, I like rep, rep in the Hudson Valley. Yeah. yeah. Um, some of the, were you touring during that traveling? Um, some of it I did. So the three month road trip I did in like 2016 and it was like a, just a big circle cross country thing. It was like a bucket list kind of trip. Mm -hmm. And I played a few shows. I wouldn't call it a tour. I think Mm -hmm. it was more of a trip, but I, I played a few shows for that. And then, um, I did like a new England tour with, um, Shlomo Franklin and Patrick Collins. Um, and then more recently I did the like two and a half, three week run with Sierra for Gale. Chiara (laughs) Fregale. Which Sierra was on, just to mention to people Mm -hmm. that listen to the Sierra Fregale podcast, because that was a really good one. She's awesome. Her music is really good. Yeah, she's great. And she just put out another EP, right? Oh, did She's going to... Or uh, it's about to come out? I don't know. I have to check. Oh, man. You're a bad friend. I think I would know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I feel like... I think she just put it out. me, but... I think it, I thought it was like the twenty eighth or something. Okay, maybe I there's, don't know. There's a I'm, song out. Okay, shoot. Oh, maybe that's what it is. I'm confused. Anyway, Sorry, Sierra. We can edit this out. <laughs> no worries, Sierra. You're all good. We love you. Um, there, there was a hidden gem on that that I wasn't expecting. The uh, David Bowie cover. Oh yeah, yeah on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I, I had never that. heard that. Yeah, I one. love how she does that cover. That was very cool. Yeah. Uh, well, what I was going to mention was. It seemed, or it seems at some point, you've also become one of the people here in this area that is networked with a lot of other people for helping set up shows, Mm -hmm. different places and whatnot. Um, Do you think that came through kind of touring, or do you think that just came as you just kept uh, just pursuing music here in in the area? Um, You're you're an MVP. (laughs) (laughs) For setting up shows and bringing people yeah, together. Yeah. Um, I think that mainly came out of my experience, like, coming up as a musician, because it started as, like, house shows. And my friend mm-hmm. was like, hey, you want to come downstairs and play a couple songs to open the show? Um, and that's how I started. And just seeing how much that's done for me, I just wanted to do that for other people. And not everyone really knows how to, like, 
find shows or, or, or just like the courage to play the open mic. And so it's just been so valuable to me. And I think that's how it started. Like, I just wanted to like help other people have that experience because they, they want it, but don't know how to go about it or just afraid. Yeah. Um, and I think it just developed from there. Um, yeah, just like booking more shows and booking for venues and yeah, I love it. It's fun. Get to be around music and art all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's better than that. <laughs> it's awesome. I really love it. Um, so you're from Jersey, and uh, do is your family musical? Is is that how you kind of got into it? Or uh, no, not really. I mean, my dad had an electric guitar in the basement, and he had the acoustic guitar. So, um, but he would just like mess around a little bit. Um, so I like picked up his guitar and my sister played drums in high school. Um, so I actually learned guitar through like one of her drum books that had guitar chords in it. Oh, cool. Um, but I think I, I didn't drive until I was older. So I was home alone a lot and I had like violin and piano lessons. So I was kind of just like home alone with musical instruments and just spent a lot of time doing it. Um, they listened to music. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how it starts. Yeah. Um, a little bit of a non sequitur. Have you ever tried, like, fiddle-style violin? Um, I would like to, and it's funny because I tried to get lessons from a couple of people who are local who do, who, like, play fiddle. Mm-hmm. And one of them, when I asked him, he was like, I was like, oh, can I take lessons from me? Like, I think you're great. You're very intuitive, whatever. And he was like, just keep practicing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a free lesson. Just practice Yeah. <laughs> and so I found myself, like, in orchestra now. And it's great because I can see all the things I need to learn, like technique and skill. Oh, yeah. Um, wise. So I think that's going to be really good for me now. And then after I can, like, um, just, like, shift positions and I have a better understanding of scales, um, I feel like then I'll probably dabble in that a little bit more Mm -hmm. because with that, I'll have a little more freedom to like mess around. I could see that a lot of the players that would be well-versed in that medium kind of being, you know, not very trained in what they're doing too, like knowing a little bit. So that's probably where somebody's coming from with practice. Right. Which is why I wanted lessons from those people, but I guess I'm finding out it's, yeah, it's like a natural, it's just a natural playing yeah, I mean, I think sometimes where somebody like that might just fall short would be the way to articulate. Right, that's yeah, true. Yeah, right. That's yeah. kind of the main thing. But I've been very into um, fiddle music lately on guitar, trying to put together, like, flat-picking arrangements and stuff like that. Nice. So it's just something that, like, you know, it's like tongue twisters for your instrument sometimes in a really fun way. Yeah, yeah I love that. It's I'll... been a while since I, like, studied an instrument too because like Mm -hmm. i was saying like i don't really i don't feel like i know guitar i just kind of play some chords i don't know scales or anything but there's so much like freedom in in knowing more like i probably know violin the best yeah and i'm excited to it's gonna be really hard some of the pieces that we're playing are like i just can't even play them right now but it's a good challenge because once i learn that i'll be able to do so much more Yeah, yeah it feels really good and what orchestra is this? It's the College Youth Symphony through um, SUNY New Paltz. Cool. Because I'm, I'm actually in grad school right now. Oh, all right. Nice. <laughs> so I was like, oh, let me just add that to my schedule. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's awesome. What are you studying in grad school? Uh, clinical mental health counseling. Cool. Yeah. Um, who's leading that orchestra by chance? Uh, her name oh, is. I always wanted I wanted to confront her about this, but I I felt too weird. But her last name I think is Fortune Reader. Okay. But I think she just goes by Doctor Reader. Okay. Oh, Christiana. Yeah. Oh, you know her. Yeah. When um, she was a big help. Uh, when I was putting together the ensemble for oh, nice. uh, O Positive. Yeah, which Her was and awesome. Alex Pei were um, both really, uh, really responsive. And it seems like they're doing a lot of good work over there. That's so cool. Yeah, something, well, you're saying like it's hard to articulate. I was just watching her like conduct the orchestra for yeah. one of the rehearsals. And it's just amazing to like know music and know the instruments and the pieces so well, well enough that you can like, it's so hard to describe music because it's this kind of like ethereal feeling thing. Yeah. The conductor as a musician is really an enamoring thing to me um, that it wasn't until I really started writing that kind of music where, you know, my respect heightened because mm-hmm. I never played an instrument that would have me in like an orchestra like you're in now right um and it's it's just like I'm I gotta trust that person <laughs> yeah to know my piece yeah maybe better than me mm-hmm. yeah and you know if if they don't have that fluidity about it you know it's like they're especially once the way certain sections move and whatnot like you know it's really all on them mm-hmm. do you feel like how I don't I've never really like been in a band do you mm-hmm. feel like having a band is like that or like kind of different because it's like a little more straightforward maybe than yeah. an orchestral well it depends piece? it depends like I, I guess mean, that's like yeah, what part would you of say, the Jeremy, about that well I've never been in an orchestra but I could see how it's like uh, an expanded aspect of that where um you know it's like you have a song as it, let's say in a band setting you've got a song that you communicate to the people right. that are in the band mm-hmm. they interpret that the way they they interpret it and i mean i think unless you're just dishing out the money to be like not that note this yeah. note <laughs> and not that hard this hard you know and, and whatever yeah. it is you got to kind of just like mike said you got to just trust that they're going to interpret it in such a way or maybe one day after playing it so many times they'll be like oh i get it i get mm-hmm. where you're coming from now this is cool like and they start to play it the way that you had anticipated or something. But then I think as a in an orchestral setting, uh, another level to that is that, for one, you've got the conductor that you're just trusting is going to interpret what you've written. But yeah. then you've got the players themselves. And that's why uh, I guess orchestras are considered to have some of the highest caliber musicians because they're like just... Able to do that. Well, they're yeah, they're like engineers at that point. They're right. like reading mm-hmm. the information... And they're playing exactly what is on the page, and it's up to the conductor to set the tempo, mm-hmm. know how to breathe, you know, how to have the orchestra breathe more or right. something like that. So I think there's, like, multiple aspects to that. I, but again, I haven't been in an orchestra like that, so I don't really know. My 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 answer also, as you were explaining all that, um, would say, would be that if, if you were the songwriter bringing the song to the table for the band, mm-hmm. then it is somewhat up to you to be both the role of performer and conductor at the same time. So in that way, it's 
you could look at it as being more complicated. And there, mm-hmm. you when you're leading a band, you develop these tricks like um, raising the horn, so to speak. And you know, in, in the case for me, my horn's my guitar. So mm-hmm. like, you know, the way I bring my neck up is signifying a certain thing going into yeah. a measure. Like you mentioned CFR, uh, they're always fun to watch because Andy has all these old school hand signals. It's like how they speak to each to, other. To, yeah. to refer to like different sections moving. That's cool. Um, and, you know, with a conductor, you get into these sometimes, you know, there's really there's more moving pieces. So typically... And a lot of the time you're you're kind of interpreting for maybe someone else. Like you wrote your own composition, but like it's usually for like, you know, Mozart or someone else who wrote it and intended it a certain way. And yeah, it's interesting. And that's why there's certain, like, you know, when you get into that world, there's certain conductors that are known. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's kind of corny, but I really loved the show. <laughs> um, was it... Uh, Mozart, something Mozart. Uh, on it was on is an Amazon Prime Prime show. Oh, it's great for I music haven't seen nerds, it. I, and it's so much fun. I heard about that though. Yeah, it's like if you're into that realm, mm-hmm. um, there's a lot of just fun things that happen, and um, it's all there's a lot of uh, politicking with the conductors and whatnot. So. I keep having this conversation with people lately too, like just in talking about like how much goes into what musicians or conductors, orchestras, whoever, like anyone with music, how much goes into that. It keeps coming up around like money is part of it, but just a general like understanding, like you said, oh, it's like they're engineers. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, if you call someone an engineer and then you call someone a musician, I feel like people usually have associations where like an engineer maybe has more... I don't know. It just seems like people don't understand how much goes into like learning an instrument, playing an instrument and like bringing like something that's just so maybe like quick and seemingly in the background, but it's just like this incredible skill and talent. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. like underappreciated. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it's it's a uh, lot of thing. It's yeah, cuz there's so many levels to that too, but that's one of the beauty like the beautiful things about music is that you can have a totally technically trained musician uh, that I don't know. There's there's so many levels even to the to the analogy, but like I'm just saying, you could have a technically trained musician and a person that's never had a lesson in their life be in the same band and mm-hmm. be able to communicate with each other yeah. and make something really but amazing. That, but the only reason why they could is because they've both put in the time. Right. Even if the person that's time that practice. hasn't gone to school for it. Totally, yeah. You know, yeah. There's that commitment. You practice their butt off yeah, to be yeah. able to be in that band yeah. with those people. So I'd say Mike is on that side of the technical, uh, technically, uh, you know, Able. learned. <laughs> yeah, and I'm on the opposite <laughs> end where... All my lessons have kind of been in one ear, out the other. Uh, mm-hmm. But, I mean, obviously it's not really like that. I, I, I have learned a lot. But, um, but yeah, it just comes with time and experience and everything, like you said. And that's, in working with so many different people, you learn how to communicate and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So yeah. yeah, and then I think with that, it's like, I wonder if people are, like, conscious of how much music or just sound affects their life or how present it is. 
in regards to understanding um, how much goes into like writing a song and performing it and putting it out and having that be your life. Mm -hmm. And I've been working for more venues lately, just doing like merch or like stage managing and seeing, um, I guess just more professional bands or acts than myself at like a, a different level and seeing what goes into it for them and like how much just a sound check alone is like a lot of work Mm -hmm. (laughs) and for the sound tech too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's what's beautiful about, uh, when you work with real professionals that really know what they're doing. Like when I was on the Setzer tour with, uh, with the Arctones, Mm -hmm. you know, it was like we did our first major sound check in the very beginning and then those guys had our levels for the whole rest of the tour for 26 shows. You know, it was like I could co- I could go up to the monitor guy beforehand and just be like, hey, you know, just tweak this a little tiny bit. He'd be like, yeah, sure. And then I'd go on stage the night of the show and play, and he did exactly what I was asking him to do. And it was just like perfect, yeah. you know. So it's like it can be really difficult, but it can also be really easy. And mm-hmm. like, But that also, like Mike said, takes a lot of time and experience knowing – exactly what what you're looking for in that realm um we kind of have been <laughs> trailing off here i feel like and uh but it's all good it's all it's all part of music um, so i'd like everyone to just take a minute to understand the fact that with me joining the podcast you can accept <laughs> not only accept expect <laughs> a fair <laughs> I hope that you will accept the fact that you can expect a fair number of non sequiturs because <laughs> just like the many meandering roads of life, there you go. do we travel to get to the center of the Tootsie Pop? Well, I put a lot of thought into if I was going to have anybody join me on this on this show to be sort of a co-host, you know, somebody that I know, <laughs> I was like, I think I got to ask Mike. He's like the first hey person... Now. That I think could be equally funny as he is serious, uh, and I need that too. So thanks, Mike, for doing uh, this. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's an honor. It is. Um, <laughs> one more non sequitur before we uh, get back on track here, uh, because of what you're saying about sound in general mm-hmm. and some of your background. Uh, through your studies in Buddhism and meditation. I'm, I was curious if you ever heard of um, deep listening and like the practice that Pauline Oliveros developed. Um, I mean, it's kind of like an not obvious speci- Not specifically. Concept, but yeah. that... So the Deep Listening Institute is now in Kingston, New York. Oh. And she was one of... She was kind of like a early... Or a, one of the first electronic musicians and like most of the people cutting edge in math and science, uh, an awesome woman that just kept developing these other interesting techniques. And the deep listening concept is just all centered around not only hearing, but listening. Mm. And there's just some really amazing text scores that she developed but if i would just go and check just look up anything she's done some ted talks too nice about that she just passed away about a year or two ago okay and um there's this one thing that apparently you can listen to a recording but it's not the same as being a part of it where everybody gathers typically in like a really resonant chamber they 
they did one performance in like this amazing cathedral and everybody the the idea i think was um you sing a note and then you when you hear another person singing a note you sing a different note not mm-hmm. their note but another note mm-hmm. and but as like almost a reaction to their note and then um you you end up with all these people kind of like meeting each other and just this amazing uh chorus of, of cool. voices but yeah it's, it, she's a powerful powerful person powerful practice to check out yeah that makes me wonder like okay you do that practice and then you walk out back into your life I always wonder how like you integrate it and then you, like I did a like an African dance class and we had like a drumming workshop and I remember doing the drumming for like an hour and a half and then going home and I like took a shower and it just sounded like I just heard rhythms like in the water yeah mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm always like wondering like how how that like bleeds into your everyday life well there's one one good story I heard of her where she was at a lecture with a friend and she had a big smile on her face the whole time. The guy that she was there with was listening to the lecture and thought the guy that was lecturing was full of shit. Mm-hmm. And she, he was like, why is she, like, into this right now? She's, like, super happy. It's weird. And they left, and she was like, she was like what, what the hell was he talking about? Did you hear him when he said this or that and blah, blah, blah? And she was like, oh, I, I wasn't really paying. I was just like just and you know blown away by the sound of his voice in the room and he was like yeah. did you hear when he when he would talk this way the way it sounded from uh, that part funny. of the room and you know she was just so absorbed in the, the experience the sound itself yeah. that like you that's, know what he was funny. saying was not even didn't even matter yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so interesting in terms of like i mean i'm studying psychology too like mm-hmm. just how you know different people experience things differently yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so with all that i developed my own theory which isn't a theory a hypothesis an idea ancient aliens yes it's all that's where we're getting back to is aliens i was going to ask if you believe in aliens but that's another question uh this one is my my idea is there's um, basically that that sound pollution noise pollution is just as effective on our environment as you know uh, like garbage or mm. anything else and it's I like never thought about that yeah it's and I, I I really do feel like that could be contributing to global warming as well is our is the amount of sound that we're generating just from cars machinery people making more music people playing you know having louder sound systems i mean there's like all sorts of contributing factors and here we are fighting climate change and saying pollution and gases are you know greenhouse gases are like really terrible but nobody's nobody's addressing sound pollution as a a problem well in a in a kind of like just practical way i mean like the busyness of life and like sound included in that and like distraction and like just there's not a lot of silence yeah totally so in that sense i think that's that's like messing a lot of people up yeah there's a lot of uh composers would label the elevator music that you hear while you're going about your daily routine um as evil and John Cage, his piece 433 was because 4 minutes and 33 seconds was the ascribed amount of time for Muzak. Huh. 
And it was kind of like a little bit of a uh, quip on that. But it mm-hmm. also, you know, he was studying um, very into Buddhism mm-hmm. and that kind of awareness of your environment and space, like totally connected in with all that. It's and crazy. It, yeah, I never got super into him, but all, all my Buddhist friends are like John Cage because he plays with silence and like yeah. the space in between. He had like a like a teacher and like got really into um really into it i mean he would even use he also in his aleatory music would you know compose based on the th- was it like throwing bones for the i ching oh, okay um oh, yeah, yeah. you know like, just trying a lot of different things mm-hmm. and you know searching and that was in that kind of time period of i guess that's modernist postmodernist, where mm-hmm. you're kind of you know from a whole school of people doing stuff like that yeah crazy it's cool stuff though i'm I'm a fan. Well, so getting back to you now, <laughs> now that we've <laughs> gone on, but it's all good conversation. I like it. Um, one question I like to ask everybody is uh, if you can remember a time where music, I, I just, it's like a metaphoric kind of term, but gave you the goosebumps or you you were at a show, you saw a performance, you know, if you, when you were a kid or maybe when you were an adult or or in between those times uh, of, you know, just having an experience, this profound experience that kind of just overtook you and, and, you know, do you remember anything like that? Um, I have, like, kind of little memories, but I'm trying to see if there's, like, something that really... Um, yeah, I think maybe, like, a thread for me in that sense. I mean, it's definitely the like connection, like everyone coming together. But, um, I think a big part of it, there's like the inner experience that I have playing music and how I feel connected to myself. And I don't necessarily believe in God, but I just feel, um, present, I guess is all it is like just here. And the other piece that has always been really important to me and, and I'll play with it sometimes, but, um, like engaging people so that we're all a part of the experience. And it's not just like, I'm on a stage sending out this thing that I made to give to you and you're receiving it and you're over there and you're quiet and that's it, (laughs) which is fine. Sometimes it's like, that's sometimes the experience. But for me, I think it started with all these intimate house shows too, but being able to like actually get to know people through that experience, um, and like have a conversation like while I'm playing. And then also I actually spoke to someone this morning and he said something, about an Irish songwriter he saw and he said that they, um, they, he was like, oh, they, they played their instrument really well, but he played the audience, um, in a way that he like got everyone singing with him. Um, and he said that changed his life because he had this different experience of like, not just listening to the music that was being played, but he found himself singing and that was very much a part of the whole experience for him of like seeing music was being able to like be with it. So I don't know, I'm getting kind of spacey about it, but something about, I think that probably gives me goosebumps the most is um, when people start to tune in and then you find that you're kind of all there together in that moment. Like even if you're in a coffee shop or something and I'll start singing, usually people like will quiet down. And then the more I engage people and the more they kind of give back, it's like, then we're all there doing something, creating something together. I think that's, like, the most amazing thing to me. Yeah, yeah. Aside from, like, transformation, like, I don't know, people crying because it, like, helped them or, like, touched them or mm-hmm. 
or um I don't know even people just like having a song between them and their friend I had someone come up to me after I played a cover at um Oasis which isn't in New Paltz anymore mm-hmm. I played a cover and she came up to me and she was like I love this song I've been having a shitty day and like I love this song it's my favorite song thank you so much like so just I don't know waking people up and just um I don't know, connecting to yourself, connecting to other people. That's like the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, music is really awesome. I love it. Um, there, There's um, a memory I have of, it's not quite as, it wasn't as much of a close connection between the artist and the crowd, but being at one of the, older culture shocks at SUNY Purchase when World Inferno Friendship Society was playing. And I used to go see them a lot because I grew up near SUNY Purchase and that was where they were like, they played there all the time. And, but there was this moment where I was looking up on stage and I, I felt they could have been terrible at their instruments and it wouldn't have even mattered. Like just the performance was happening in mm-hmm. such a way that like, it whatever they were doing like I was a believer you know like you couldn't not be because you were there and it was just like captivating yeah and it's like you know the why seeing music and performing it is the best yeah it's like you just feel alive and there's there's also something about like when people can be spontaneous and take risks like I love that Mm -hmm. like just kind of listening to the moment I guess and responding to that um and then it's always like a unique experience. It's never the same thing. Um, that's pretty good too. I like that. <laughs> Since you've been performing your own music, have you always used a couple different instruments? Like I've seen you, you know, you, you have right around you at the moment, guitar, ukulele, <laughs> mbira, if you want to call it that, thumb piano. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Have you always brought them all in or have they kind um, of? I think now I do mm-hmm. because I want to kind of like, I just never know like what's going to resonate with someone and mm-hmm. also like my mood, I guess I kind of want to give like the full repertoire. So I'll be like, okay, here's like the ukulele song for people who are into like that kind of mood that I create. And then I find that my songs on guitar are a little like, I don't know, maybe darker or like more mm. sad or something. Um, so there's that kind of mood. Um, so it's gone through different phases. I think I started writing on guitar and then it was like just ukulele and then I wrote one song on guitar, and I had a friend who told me, he was like, you should write more on guitar. Like, sounds pretty good. So mm. I went back and forth, and now it's kind of just all of it. <laughs> Have you, when did you start playing with uh, guitar tunings, alternate tunings and whatnot? Um, honestly, I must have, like, started doing drop D because I covered uh, Black Hole Sun. Yeah. I think that's in drop D. Yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> And I think that's maybe where that started. And then I also did another cover of a Jewel song called Painters, or I was just trying to learn that. I don't think I actually covered that. And then I covered um, a Joni Mitchell song. I think it was uh, Big Yellow Taxi, and that's an open D. Mm-hmm. And then I just like kept that for a while, and I wrote a bunch of songs in open D. It just felt right. So that's like recently, like yeah. in the past two or three years. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what a different tuning can can do. It kind of feels like a different instrument. Can yeah. Really inspire. Yeah, totally. 
Yeah, it really does. It's very, it feels really personal. It's just like, what's my mood? Because I tried writing a couple songs recently and it's just like E major, A major. And I was like, that's cool, but like, it doesn't do the same thing. Do you ever switch up, like write a whole song in a certain key and then just switch the key and try to play the song, you know? Oh, like the same song? Yeah. I just did that like a few days ago. I I wrote a new song and it's like E and A. And I wasn't, it's exactly that, like I wasn't feeling it. And mm-hmm. then I switched it to like an open D tuning and I was like, okay, this, this works better. Yeah, yeah. And then I actually like expanded the song and it has like different parts. So, um, yeah. Cool. It's funny. Well, journey. I want to hear you play and, uh, get some of your music down, but I wanted to just, if you just had a message for, for kids or somebody that was interested in getting into music or playing guitar. You know what? What's your overall message for for music? You know, like oh pursuing God. music as this a is like a big question. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a few things that come to mind that either people have told me or has just kind of helped me stay focused in that because there's no way I'm not gonna have music in my life. But there have been times where I feel like I've like tried to not because of something someone said or it's not valued or whatever. So definitely like believing in yourself is huge. And it doesn't have to be, like, a corny, cheesy kind of way. Like, it's very practical. Like, yeah, you can do this. It's very, like, earthy. Like, just try it out. Like, don't be overwhelmed or intimidated. Um, I had, like, a breakdown in fourth grade when I was learning violin because I couldn't play what other kids were playing when I moved to a different school. So I think just, like, this whole idea of, like, follow your own, your own pace, your own thing, um and just do it like no matter what yeah yeah. just like really like about listening to yourself and doing it and having fun don't turn it into something that's like gonna feel like pressured or because someone else told you not to or told you to definitely like listen to yourself um that's like the main thing cool yeah yeah that's awesome just do it (laughs) i feel that nice well if you want to play some tunes Okay, um, I think I'll start, I'm going to start with a ukulele tune, I'll do that first. <laughs> Alright, we're going to start with a ukulele tune, a song is called You, it's off my first album. I want to, 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 I want to,
guitar tunes um these are newer songs they feel a little like closer to me um and i'm in the middle of recording i guess an ep that might be an album but it might just stay an ep so these are some songs off of uh, what i'm recording right now the song is called happy
that was amy madeline she's really awesome so Uh, good yeah and i hope you enjoyed all of her music and all of her conversations about random ramblings like sound pollution and aliens listening listening that's very important so yeah thanks so much um let me know what you think. Go on the Facebook page. Leave some comments. Um, send me voicemail through anchor.fm or soulflowstudios. Um, Beep. If you, we uh, love the show, Jeremy. Yeah, Keep exactly. it going. <laughs> Who's on next week? 
Thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, thanks to Mike for adding some comic relief here and uh, some good insight and some questions where I would be uh, kind of absent-minded. Oh, yeah. That's and, why I'm here. And then also when somebody cancels on me at the last minute, like we could just, you know, play some music, play some new stuff we're working on or something like that. You know, I don't know. We'll, we'll make it up as we go along. But it's as is... if Larry Sanders and Hank were musicians. I don't know that reference. Oh, dude. Well, that's for another time. All right. <laughs> if you know what he's talking about, uh, put it on Facebook. I want to see what that reference is because I have no idea. So I could look it up, but Mike's not going to tell me. Um, so I'd like you to tell me. It's my secret. Oh, um... So yeah, thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next next week. Uh, oh, actually, next week I'm not going to be around. I'm going to be on another podcast. Mike and I are going to be on another podcast. Um, it's RBBC Radio. Uh, they're out of Rockaway. And um, NCM is going to be on the show, on their show. So, so not next week, but in two weeks, we're going to have Seth Branitz on the show. He uh, is a local business owner. We'll talk about that a little bit because he feeds me a lot. And um, he's going to play some of his music, which uh, is really, it's its great music. He's, he's a really good songwriter, a really interesting guy. And he's had crazy life that he's going to share with us and through his music. Mm-hmm. So yeah, check it out. Uh, that's in two weeks. Um, October 8th. It's already October. Oh. It's crazy. This time's been flying. So, anyway, stay tuned. Stay true. Thanks a lot, Mike. Thank you. We love you.